Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Wherever you are, welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We are here today to put the her in culture. Her. Culture. You're welcome. Good one. Thank you. My name is Summer Yeager and I'm here like, today. Like a yogurt culture, right? Yeah. It's about yogurt. Mm-hmm. Today, we're all about yogurt. <laughs> we were just talking about yogurt, which is weird. The Trix yogurt. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which is just sugar milk. It's just sugar milk. There's no probiotics in <laughs> There's that. There's no probiotics. There's nothing. I don't know good how they you. make Trix yogurt, but I don't want to know. Do they even still make Trix cereal? But they're making <laughs> the yogurt. They still make the yogurt. And my kids are like, "We love yogurt," and I'm like, "No, you don't. You love you like, sugar. You like Trix yogurt, I am which not, is not yogurt. I'm not buying that. Anyway, my name is Summer Yeager, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy. And I just want y'all to know because we haven't talked about this in a while, and this is a little factoid that I feel. I should just remind people. Interesting. Interesting. Are you ready? Are you ready? Joy hand drew, right? Our, yeah. Our original logo. And I just don't think a lot of people know that you physically drew that. Yeah. And um, people, I think maybe because of the shop, have been asking, like, why? What is your logo? What does it mean? What is that? <laughs> And I'm just like, you don't understand the pizza and <laughs> cupcakes and fist and what, you don't get it? I don't. And then I wander away slowly. <laughs> just like backpedal, backpedal. It's just a part of who we are now, right? <laughs> it's just, don't ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think about that. Well, I can't even tell you the last time you, I thought about that. You have that. to reach back in your memory and tell us why when you said. <laughs> Well, I think part of what's hard about it is probably the same reason people ask me, like, what is Sheologians? And I'm like, oh, now let me tell you a story (laughs) (laughs) that is weird. Yeah. Well, well, logos are kind of a weird thing. Logos are weird. Because they're not the brand, but they represent the brand. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously... If we had had consultation from a real logo designer, they would have been like, probably you should not have <laughs> 3,000 colors in your logo. Right. And it should probably not. I remember how quickly. Hand drawn. I remember how quickly that became a problem. <laughs> yeah. The first shirts we tried to make, I was in Photoshop <laughs> and I was like, okay, you know, this is too many colors. It's going to be really expensive. And then I looked up in the color counter because it. It yeah. registers all the shades of gray and black and right. everything. And yeah, I think it was over 3,000 oh, yeah, colors. And I was, I was like, like, we definitely can't pay do that. that. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Just simplify the You have had to charge colors. like $500 a shirt. Yeah. So here's my question. Okay. Do you still have that drawing, that physical drawing? Because, wow, that mm, would be, I would love man, to see I that. I really hope I do. That would be really cool to see. I feel like it took a beating. Yeah. But I probably still do have it. Uh-huh. Because wasn't it scrunched up, actually, the paper? No. no. That was an okay. effect that uh, okay. Marcus added okay. at some point. 
Got it. And then that's kind of gone away, but every once in a while still. Yeah. We've evolved over time (laughs) and that design has been cleaned up Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. been put in the hands of a, an actual person (laughs) who knows how to work Photoshop and Illustrator. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but it still looks good. But what was what 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 was the inspiration? It was just when we first picked the name Sheologians, I was like, we the only way I'm okay with Sheologians is if we don't take ourselves too seriously. And the last thing I wanted, <laughs> which we've never done, right, was the <laughs> scrolly like hand, yeah, written, yeah, um, romance novel, yeah, Sheologians. It just uh... that would have been taking it too seriously, right. Um, Sheologians, the name Sheologians has always been a joke, but right. that's why we, our, uh, intro music is the way that it is. Right. Because we always, we didn't ever want it to be this like. Super serious thing. Right. Yeah. And so I just thought of, I guess that just speaks to what, how my brain works. Uh-huh. But I was like, what if it's just like a fan, like punching through and there's just. <laughs> Hands are so hard to draw, too. I'm so impressed. Well, and I've drawn hands for a, a long time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it probably represents some of my artistic style, which is a little more, like, comic booky. Yeah. Um, but then I've also drawn, um, like, superhero versions of some friends. And usually for the girls, I would do, like, little girly things, like, mm-hmm. around them in little bursts and stuff like that. And so I was like, it's that's just what she legends is. Lightning donuts, pizza, cute cup things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's it. It's just happy. Yeah, I remember when we first started, there were people who were like, you know, fists are not very ladylike. (laughs) I was like, what do you mean? You know that women have two. (laughs) Like we're we have two of them. I don't. We have hands. Yeah, hands can't (laughs) inherently be. Hands are my. I have two hands right here. And honestly, the. The hand is a little more masculine looking, which I know other people had a problem with. Oh, but I forgot about that. The, ma- if you the hand look, was too masculine. That's if right. If you look in comic books, usually if they're mm-hmm. punching, their hand looks more it's tough because like it has masculine. to break through. Yeah. You can't like, I want you to try to imagine, go look at the logo right now. Look at it. She's I don't care waiting. if you're driving. She's waiting. Look at it. <laughs> I don't care if you have Please a mask tell over me your eyes. how you would feel about that. If it had fingernails. Can you imagine anything more creepy? Yeah, it would be super creepy if it had like super girly nails. Then it would be just weird. Right. It is what it is. It is what it is, man. If you don't like it, we now see for a long time, I guess maybe their issue was there weren't many physical representations of Sheologians other than the logo. But now there are so many on our shop. Body of work you can look at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whatever. I just thought that'd be a funny because, you know, people were asking, like, where did your logo, your intro music come from? What is Have You Had Your Soup Today? And I'm like, well, it really was just like that we were talking about, you know, femininity and in context and how, it, you know, that's really it's gendered. That's what it is. Right. And it always has been. And so that commercial with where that lady is like, have you had your soup today? Like, is just the first thing you hear every episode. So that's kind of why we've kept it around. Oh, I just hit my foot. Anyway, that's it. That's all I had. Thank yeah. you. Now mm-hmm. everybody knows. But you're right. You I just... am Joy. All that stuff you said is true. Yes. I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Summer. 
no one and can summer, see me. And summer, summer, yeah. <laughs> and summer has um, wrangled us a wonderful guest today. I have, I have yes. It wasn't that hard, actually. Because <laughs> you're friends. <laughs> we were texting and... <laughs> You know, what's funny is like for the majority of our guests, that's how it goes. So we were, I was texting and (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's not how it has gone for all of them. But anyway, we have a guest today. We have not had Ali on since 2018, um, which seems like a very large oversight on my part. And I'm apologizing. I think it's just the time goes so, like it's already summer again. How is it already summer again? I know. We were just talking about this with her. But anyway, we are joined today by Ali Bestucky. She is the host of the podcast Relatable. And I feel kind of dumb introducing her because I feel like most of you already know. And Ali, thanks for joining us again today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I can't believe that it's already been like two years. It's been two years. Crazy. I know it's I I can't believe it either you are still so Joy and I are not we are not YouTube people um, and you are still and we might just keep it this way forever you're the only person we've ever bothered to do a video episode with oh. <laughs> I think we're just gonna keep it that way well interestingly I feel like that's how a lot of people will see us they're like I'll have people be like I watched a Sheila Logan's video and I'm like I think there's only one (laughs) (laughs) I'll never ask which one it's so funny because uh, that that episode that we did I forget what it was wasn't it some outlet that people were like the sheologians believe in yes, yes. not having the 19th Amendment. Or I think oh, that was yeah. when we were on my show. Maybe. Right. Yes. yes, you had us on. And so we had that discussion years ago about the 19th Amendment and the first wave of feminism. And we had all these super unpopular opinions about things that they don't teach you in school. And so yeah. you, I think you had texted me about it too before we talked about it on your show. You were like, can I ask you about this? Because this is weird. And I was like, yeah, sure. So um, then I had even more messages and it's honestly never stopped. People have like, um, people have memed stuff that we said on your show and like, it's like scare quotes. And anyway, it doesn't matter. It's that's not the point. The point is (laughs) you wrote a book. Yes, I did. I did. Um, And I have, I have a, I have my copy right here. And, and um, I think it was supposed to be out earlier this year, but we've all been just, dying of the coronavirus so nobody was reading books i guess or right. something but so everything got delayed <laughs> everything got delayed. even even though it seems like sitting in your house would be a good time to read, to a, read book. a book yeah but I, yeah who knows well we delayed it it was supposed to come out may 5th and it's coming out august 11th and we delayed it because i originally was going to travel and stuff to promote it and right. then oh gotcha we're like oh definitely definitely by august yeah. you'll be able to do that <laughs> nothing's gonna happen between may and august everything uh-huh. will be totally calm right. and we'll just be unified and yeah, peaceful as that a nation happened. and that it's definitely how things are. Things yeah. are going great. Yeah. So, so. Um, but regardless, I do hope that August 11th ends up being a good date for a book release. And if it's not, well, well, God is sovereign. Yeah. And that's what it is. He's going to do something with your book. Well, tell us. So your book is called You're Not Enough. And that is OK. No, it's just that's OK. Sorry. That's yeah. OK. Um, tell us about it. What is this book about? 
Yes. So it's you're not enough and that's okay. Escaping the toxic culture of self-love. And we go through five myths that are propagated in this culture of self-love that young women believe not just in the secular sphere, but also unfortunately uh, within the church. These seemingly well-meaning mantras that are meant to kind of rid you of your insecurity and rid you of your lack of confidence and empower you to do all of the things that you're supposed to do. And it kind of follows this line of reasoning that until you believe that you are sufficient, until you believe that you're perfect deep down inside and you just release yourselves from the standards that the world or uh, legalists have have put on you or arbitrary standards set by media, whatever it is that is holding you back. Once you release yourself of those things and you claim your own sufficiency, then you will finally be happy and you'll have healthy relationships and you'll be able to pursue your dream job and all this stuff. And what I realized both in my old life when I kind of, or uh, in my in, in my college experience, when I was kind of chasing these lies and in the stories of people who were emailing me about this stuff is that it doesn't actually deliver on the promises uh, that it gives. People end up actually very unhappy in unhealthy relationships. They end up very unsatisfied when they are constantly convincing themselves that they are their own sufficiency, placing themselves in the center of their own universe. It's a very unsatisfying and burdensome philosophy, even though it promises liberation and empowerment. So that's basically what the book is about with um, a lot more detail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I think it's great. I'm, I'm glad that you wrote the book and you're taking this on. And I think I vaguely remember, tell me if I'm making this up, you maybe tweeted or maybe it was in an episode of Relatable or something, just a quick thing against self-love. And I think you had a lot of pushback on that originally. Am I imagining that? I probably did have a lot of pushback, but it's very hard to remember which yeah. episodes <laughs> have garnered the most mm, uh, pushback. Girl, we know. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, <laughs> since I weighed into the world of politics as well. Um, so I did, I remember... The first time I talked about self-love, at least by name, was at the beginning of 2018, it would have been. It was yeah. probably like spring of 2018 when I first started really talking about it because I got a lot of messages from Christian women who listened to the podcast saying, hey, uh, what do you think about this? It sounds really good. And this Christian leader that I follow is telling me to love myself because that's what it means. I have to do that. It's a prerequisite to loving my neighbor. And so I need to have this self-confidence and self-love. So um, yeah, we started talking about it on the podcast and I started getting a bunch of emails from women saying, oh my gosh, I knew that this was a destructive mindset and I didn't realize why I was, you know, repeating all of these motivational mantras every time I looked in the mirror in the morning, or I was telling myself constantly that I'm enough to be a good mom. I'm enough to be a good employee. I'm enough to be a, a good wife and trying to heal my own insecurities with self-talk and self-confidence. And it didn't work. I ended up either depressed or distressed or anxious and emptier than I felt before. And so that's actually what inspired me to write this book. And basically what I realized is what I'm sure you guys talk about a lot 
is that these promises, these liberating sounding promises, that if you basically become your own God, you'll be able to find satisfaction, actually deliver the opposite. You're very burdened by the obligation to be your own sufficiency and to be your own arbiter of truth, to be your own decider of what's good and what's bad, to be your own fulfillment. It is very burdensome to have to carry that responsibility that God never meant for you to have. So this book is not about that. Um, it, it, it's not about, hey, you shouldn't tell yourself that you're great. You should tell yourself you're awful. It's not about self-deprecation. It's not about self-loathing. It's about releasing ourselves from the burden of having to be our own sufficiency and depending on our creator who made himself our sufficiency and our enoughness, all the fulfillment that we are looking for in ourselves um, is found in Christ alone. So uh, that is kind of the journey that led me to writing the book. Mm -hmm. So you said in the book um, something, I'm surrounded, I'm so blessed to, I can text you, I can talk to Joy, I'm surrounded by the best. You said in your book, no quirk or characteristic makes us exempt from the standards God has set for us. And this is something um, that Joy has been talking about for a long time. She's the one that put this this idea on my map first, um, which was just that, like, you know, you're not going to be standing before the Lord one day and just explaining that, like, all your bitterness and all your cowardice and all your envy was just a result of, like, a design flaw in your personality type Right. type of yeah. thing like you're not going to be like well you know I know I was really angry but the Lord just made me short fused or you know like yeah. whatever. and I've yeah. come to accept that about myself because yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the furthest extent that this goes you're you're told that if you can believe you're enough then you will be enough but then when right. you end up um, anxious or depressed right then that becomes who you are and you wear that as a personality right. trait. I'm just a very anxious person. Right. And whatever. that's where you see, I mean, mental health uh -huh. in our culture is like, yeah. I mean, what, what even is it anymore? It's like, I feel anxious sometimes is the same thing as this like full personality you know, disorder. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or something like that. So would yeah. you say like, well, I, would you say that, we as Christians, so we're talking about self-love. Obviously, you're not saying, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not wrong. You're not saying, you know, we all, we we shouldn't be engaging in self-love. We should all be engaging in self-loathing. I mean, just right, obviously, very clearly, you're not saying that. No, I'm not saying that. In fact, self-loathing is just the other side of the self-obsession coin. So if right. self-love and self-obsession or self-adoration is one side of the coin, self-loathing is the other side of the self-obsession coin. And the freedom comes not from self-loathing or self-adoration, but forgetting uh, what we say about ourselves and reminding ourselves of one who God is and who God says that we are. That is the beauty of worshiping Christ is that we are not defined by what we think of ourselves. And if we're constantly focused on what we think of ourselves and, you know, the level of self-love that we have today, we're constantly going to be disappointed and frustrated. And that's actually one of the sad ironies. There are a lot of ironies and contradictions and what I call this kind of cult of self-affirmation or this culture of self-love that is lives primarily on Instagram and on blogs and things like that is that you're constantly hearing that you're enough. 
that you need to preach to yourself that you're enough. But at the same time, you are called to chase your enoughness. But if you were enough, you wouldn't need all of these people telling you that you are. You right. wouldn't need to convince yourself that you are at all. You wouldn't need the 10-step program that you have to do to finally gain your confidence also presented by these people who already tell you that you're enough. It's like you're enough, but also you need to read my book to really realize you're enough. You're enough, <laughs> but you really need to clean out your closet or tone your triceps or do whatever <laughs> it is to really feel that you're enough. So even the people propagating this message of that you're enough the way you are, are also telling you that you're not enough because you have to read their book and do their things and follow their rules to really feel that you are enough. And the point that I kind of draw throughout the book is that the self can't be both the problem and the solution. So if inside yourself, you're finding very real feelings of insecurity and anxiety and all of this stuff, which are, you know, existent feelings in a lot of people, you're not going to find the antidote to those things also inside yourself. And it seems obvious, but apparently it's what a lot of people just don't know. Right. Well, and I mean, I think it comes from our, all of us have a shared view on, I think that the nature of fallen man and the fact that we are, we are sinners from the moment of conception that we are, um, you know, the world says broken to not say sin, yeah. but there is something very broken in all of us from birth. Um, that is, you're right. Like if you look inside yourself, that's how you, I think, fall into despair. And Joy and I have talked about that quite a bit. Like you are not the answer. If you were the answer, you wouldn't have to, you know, tell yourself enough. You're enough. Like you said. Yeah. So what my question was something that I have wanted to think more deeply about, but I haven't. And you just called this a cult of, you know, self-affirmation. They do have very, it is very cultic. There's mantras and there's the in-group and the out-group and um, all of that is very true. But so something that I've been thinking about is, so Jesus told us in Matthew 5 two that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. So there's kind of like this assumed self-love in a way that obviously can't be a bad thing because Jesus is telling us to love our neighbors as ourselves, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So how do we differentiate between we are supposed to view ourselves rightly. Jesus assumes that we have a, a love and a care that we take care of ourselves. You know, later on, Paul tells men to, um, you know, take you're supposed to love your wife as yourself because she, you know, you don't hate your own body. You don't hate yourself. Exactly. Um, yeah. So what is that? What is that line between being a part of the cult of self-affirmation and self-love and then having a biblical view of self? Yes. So C.S. Lewis talks about this in Mere Christianity. And I remember the first time I read it back in high school is maybe what made me start thinking about this is that when Jesus is telling us to love our neighbor as ourself, he's not necessarily, actually, he's not at all. He's not talking about affection because in the same way that we don't always feel affectionate towards ourselves, like you don't always look in the mirror and think, I, you know, I just am awesome and <laughs> I look absolutely perfect no matter what. In the same way that you don't always feel affectionate towards yourself, you also don't always feel affectionate towards your neighbor or even the people in your household. You love them, of course, but maybe they're on your nerves or whatever. And yet that directive to love your neighbor still stands. And so what Jesus means by that is in the same way that you nourish your own flesh and cherish it, which is what Ephesians 5 says, 
in the same way that you look towards self-preservation, that you're always going to meet your own needs, that you are always going to quench your thirst, you're always going to satisfy your hunger, you are always going to uh, seek uh, the best that is for you and for the people in your own kind of uh, circle of interest and circle of care preserve others in the same way or seek for the preservation and for the satisfaction and for the quenching of thirst for other people in the same way that you so naturally and inherently innately do for yourself, whether or not you feel affection for yourself, whether or not you feel affection for your neighbor. So it's that kind of persistent decision-based love that I think Jesus is calling others to and that we also have for ourselves. And I don't think it's just that innate love, that inherent love that we are all born with for self-preservation, uh, but I also think it is the realization that we are made in God's image. And as such, as eternal beings, we have value. And even more so, those of us who are in Christ, the Bible says that our bodies are dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. Like that's a huge deal. That's a lot of value that we are carrying around as human beings. And so I do think seeing ourselves rightly as God sees us and God tells us that we are um, is important, not just for how we see ourselves, but of course is how we love our neighbors as well. Right. Yeah. Good. C.S. Lewis can't go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically what Ali just said is that um, you will never have a problem caring for yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> any book that tells you that you're incapable of doing that. Yeah. <laughs> you might do it poorly. Some right. people aren't great at it, but they're, you know, they're definitely trying in their own weird way sometimes. I right. think. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So do you have any more questions about that? No. Because I have a question that I've oh, been yeah. dying to ask yes. Allie. Yeah, we're going to talk about this. Okay, Allie. Oh. I just, you're, there's not a lot of people I want to talk to about this. In fact, I think I might be talking to the only two people that I want to talk about this Agreed. With. So Agreed. I feel the same way. Um. So I'll start with you, Allie. What, what do you think about, um? do you have a Kanye 2020 sign in your yard yet? <laughs> um, I don't. Okay, so I think maybe several years ago, we could have just laughed at Kanye West saying that he was going to run for president and saying, well, that could never happen. And that would be so ridiculous. What does he know? What does he know right. about running the country? But now, just because of the lunacy that we typically see on Capitol Hill, honestly, from both parties, we're like, eh. He probably knows <laughs> right. more about leading the country than some of the people who are elected officials do. So who am I to say right. that he couldn't be a good president? It's like anything is possible. Now, do I think that, you know, he is the most experienced person out there when it comes to foreign policy and things like that? No, no. but I probably would have said the same thing about Donald Trump. And so I just right. admit at a point in 2020 to where I cannot say that anything is impossible or I can't even say who would be good or bad at leading the country. I mean, an outsider, obviously I would never vote for a Democrat, but someone who at least is pro-life and who at least apparently believes that we are made in the image of God. I mean, it's not the worst, it's not the worst America could do. That's what right. I'll say. <laughs> Which is such an interesting, <laughs> it's such an interesting way to look at things. And I had the thought, so I have done, I have done zero research into 
like how serious Kanye is taking this or what he said so far. I have done no research. What I did Me do. Too, yeah. What I did do was uh, I watched his wife's. She had a special called the Justice Project. Um, I think it was like on oxygen or something. And so I recorded it because I was just like, what is, I have always been so curious what Kim Kardashian is doing with the whole like jail system and all of that. And so my first thought when I saw that Kanye was running was that I watched, I watched Kim Kardashian's justice project. And honestly, and this is you guys, I'm not, I'm not joking. And I just, please don't email me about this, but, um, (sighs) her view that she expressed on justice in the criminal system was like 78.3% biblical. Like, and so my first thought was this might like their platform as weird as it might be, if we're going to like cut it up to like percentages of what things that we can agree on, like I might, I might score really high (laughs) with the West, you know, in ways that I just never would have expected. Right. So when I do know that he, uh, he talked about basically he believes in the importance of a leader having like a panel of experts to consult. Yeah. Wisdom. So like, and, a, yeah. you know, yeah. a little council of yeah. people and um, uh, depending on who's so really that would be before I voted for Kanye, I'd be like, well, who's in the council? Yeah. Who's in his council? Which some yeah. people are like, this is just the Illuminati coming <laughs> out publicly um okay but i'd be interested to see who's on the who's on his panel because if dr james white was on the panel i might be like hmm my vote is uh yeah yeah right (laughs) just depends or but if it's like but you know at the same time who is on trump's spiritual advisor team right now not great no it's not it's not not great. great but so we'd have to give some grace we'd have to give some grace to kanye but yes i agree if you know the three of us were on his council, <laughs> <laughs> if there oh, what would that look like? People on there that might that might sway our vote a little bit. It's right. very difficult for me to picture the Kardashian West clan, all of them, like Chris Kardashian, like I know <laughs> in DC in the White House. But at the same time, there's Trump. But, so right. maybe it would be fine. Right. It would become the White House would become very minimalist in its decor. <laughs> They'd probably like shave down a few columns and arches. I don't know. Which is so ironic because for like minimalist decorating people, they are the most. Like they're just the yes. ma- right. when I think of the maximum, they're just the maximum. They yes. are the, it's it's so it's so so true. All right. Well, Ali, I know we have taken up all of your time that we have today. Tell people where they can find your book. Yes. So you can go to Amazon and you can buy the book, but you can go to AllieBethStuckey.com slash book. That's AllieBethStuckey.com. And you can see all the places that you can buy it. Hopefully it's available at your local bookstore, local Christian bookstore. And you can do that if you're even allowed to like go outside where you live. Um, (laughs) But you can definitely order it online as well. And so you can just go to my website and that's a great place to just see where you can find me and follow me and things like that. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. We're going to have you back again before hopefully 2022 and especially, (laughs) especially if Kanye wins. Yes. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That would be amazing. (laughs) All right, Allie. Thanks so much. And we'll talk to you later. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Wow. Wowza. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) 
this is our weird how um, do you how do you keep going i don't even know yeah, this is our weird closing <laughs> to the interview that we always have to do i'm just i'm so glad we had her on again because apparently we have a lot of new listeners since 2018 because people will uh, there was one time and I'm not making this up I was sitting in my office I was working on something and Allie and I were texting and then someone sent me an email and they were like have you guys heard of Allie Stucky (laughs) it's just like I don't know how to explain to you that yes summer knows (laughs) most people I've just you know just we all know each other we all know each other did you know it's really it's really weird, but Summer knows most people. I think maybe it has something to do... It's a combination of you being who you are. Oh, I thought you were being sarcastic. And your dad. You feel like I know a lot of people. Oh, you do... Like, if if there's totally like a thought weird... We were, I thought we were joking. If there's a weird thing going on in the church community at large, even... Maybe not so much, like, evangelical, but, like, getting into, like... Yeah. Uh, uh, but even then... Even yeah. then, I feel like you know a lot of people. Like, she'll say names and you'll just be like, okay. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Do I know? Oh, Most of the time, okay. I keep up with you. But yeah. every once in a while, I'm like, no, I don't know. I did not know that. that is. Okay. But yeah. Okay. Either that or you just have. Good to know. It seems like you know them all. Okay. Or you just have a really good memory for names. Maybe. Do you have that? No, I don't. I don't. Mm-mm. I don't have that. I just think that part of. I don't know. Maybe it's because I, I feel like it's my job to know like what's up in the broader culture. So I'm just paying attention. Yeah. I'm just paying attention. Maybe too much attention or maybe just more. I don't know how to quantify it, (laughs) but you're right. It's true. So like the other day someone was talking about, it had to, okay. I am, this does happen to me a lot. Somebody was talking about, this series they were watching on YouTube and they were like, you, you have to watch this. If you haven't watched this yet, you have to watch it. And they send it to me. And what's hilarious is the guy that owns all this material, like we're, our families are so close that like he's at my house Christmas. It wouldn't be weird. And in the past he has been at my house Christmas morning. And that's, that's the thing is, you know, I want you guys (laughs) listening right now. Sometime this week, I want you to tweet summer, just an obscure, name of a baptist okay <laughs> uh, just baptist is the only other qualifier i'm giving you baptist baptist okay. yeah yeah preacher writer I, I'm, father. I'm in with the presbys that too i'm in but with the we're just gonna just we're for, gonna stick with baptist. yeah just for the sake of simplicity okay. and <laughs> just and try to make it as vague and she would never know this person as possible <laughs> and then summer is we're gonna see if summer okay. knows that person yeah um okay that'll be fun. and you just have to be we're just gonna trust summer that she'll be honest and not yeah. google anybody i mean if they can be googled then i definitely know them also <laughs> no going so vague is you can't like put your own name on there and be like see summer doesn't know me summer's never met my cousin right <laughs> maybe i have someone that she would know but wouldn't know that's really Does that make funny sense? that's funny i'm learning things about myself on this episode all right guys (laughs) (laughs) um you should grab Allie's book you're not enough and that's okay thanks for joining us today leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475 do we have anything else we have to tell them Mm -mm. i got nothing that's it all right go to the store go to the go to the store shop sheologians.com we got that new new that new stuff (laughs) (laughs) all right guys we will see
see you next week. See My ya. computer is not going to play music again. This is another time Come on. I don't know the song you're doing. I don't either. I just clicked on the first thing that popped up. But, you know, my computer. Have you ever had it where someone's like, they're (laughs) singing a song and then uh, you're like, no, I don't know that song. They're like, you don't know that song. You don't know I Love Rock and Roll? And I'm like, no, I know I Love Rock and Roll. But what you're singing was not that song. (laughs) It's not going to work. Everybody... I need a new laptop. See you next week. Sing privately to yourselves. (laughs) Bye.